So we digressed yesterday to discuss a little bit the response of the Avanas Akabala. The desire says to the logic of the, let's say, the starting points which the philosophers want to build their logic on. Like we saw, Rabbi Levi avoids going into discussion on the logic of philosophy. He has a different approach, which we're going to read now, in the, which he puts in the words of the king and how to, so to speak, counter the, the thesis, the basis of the claims of the philosophers. So we're holding a nice place. This is the response of the king, who's called the Kuzari, to the philosopher. The first part we saw already, and he says like this, Omar Kuzari. I see that what he's saying is logical, it's for that. They don't answer my question. Why? I know about myself that my intentions are pure. The philosophers put tremendous importance on the fact that a person is being led by his cycle, by his intelligence, and he isn't being swayed by various medas or various uh, tivas, whatever it would be. So the Kuzari said, no, I don't have that problem. The Im calls there, how is it Shivasi? What the Malach told me, he was told, What I'm doing isn't correct. Even though my intent is good. So I see that good intent is not enough. I need to do actions also. If that's the case, it must be that there's a certain kind of action I'm meant to be doing. If, I was, if, if as the philosophers understood, that the main point is to a person to perfect their mind and come to a state that are completely ruled, so to speak, by the intellect. And there isn't a specific action which is mechaif. If there would be any actions which philosophers would want you to do, it would be only those things to train a person to act based on his seichel and to restrain his middle so that they, don't, they aren't a factor in his decision-making process or, in the, or something which he, he works with. Says so the I see that's not true. There obviously is a master which I'm meant to be doing for its own merit, not just because it's going to bring me to a certain stage. But I thought we said that we're supposed to imitate the God, the philosophers, and just like the, such a thing as a perfect thing, so the philosophers also held that a person should aim to be perfect. Right. So there is an action. Whatever action is going to take me to be perfect, it's a means, it's not an end. And now, this, that's the first part of the argument we already saw. And now the Kuzari goes on a different track. It says, Why are the different religions arguing with each other? Each religion claims that their intention is to, to serve the God that they believe in. Each religion has this code of what a person has to keep away from and fast, and pray. And each one, each one wants to kill the other one. And he believes that killing the other religion is a big mitzvah. Each religion believes in some kind of an afterlife. Which means, obviously all these points go against what philosophers claim. Right? That there isn't a specific action which a person has to do. And that uh, there's an action which is intrinsically wrong. So murder, for example, isn't justified just because it's a member of a different faith. And 
the idea that they think is a future reward which they're going to get. So basically, again, he hasn't said anything against the philosopher. He's just said that I see that most of the world don't, don't, don't follow your way of thinking. So what does the philosopher answer? He says, I'm a philosopher. I'm a philosopher. I agree. Any religion which believes in killing whoever doesn't believe in their creed, in their, their religion, in their tenets, that's not based on the principles of philosophy. That's wrong. We don't believe in killing people. Okay, so that's the side point. But the echo point of the king's argument is the same point, is what he says next. Omar Kuzari. The Ezra Davish shall not be an emissary of philosophy. God will make not much of Chadash. What could there be more than for philosophers to believe that the world was created, which will never be Shishas Yamim, was created in six days, and only that, and this is the the, the main point which the Gazari is going to expand on later of the argument when he brings the Chacham into the story of the argument against the philosophers. And that is, if you're going to just argue theory and you're going to argue Svara, we can talk. There's two sides to talk about it. But if once you bring in the Nevo into the question, how do the philosophers explain the concept of Nevo? And how can he explain that the, the, it's what he calls the Sibari Shona, the first cause, Hashem, would speak to people? If I arrive in Hashem, I arrive in myself, philosophy, media, chalkis. Right. If, if they say that Hashem is so far removed from the world that he's not involved in what happens in the world, so how do you explain that he speaks to people? And this is the, the foundation of the Muna that the, we're going to see. It's better than the Torah itself, but this is the foundation of the Muna. But this is the foundation that the Chacham is going to lay as well. And that is the Muna's Israel is based in Matan Torah. And Matan Torah is evidence that Hashem spoke to people. So we don't have to get into the argument of philosophy about how do we picture and how do we perceive what the Bayer wants and what he does? If we have evidence he spoke to people, so how are they going to deal with that? Because uh, that doesn't work with the way they understand the world. And the Kazari obviously isn't the Chacham talking, so he doesn't explain it in terms of Matan Torah. But he says, how do you deal with the concept of prophecy? Uh, they also agree that it's in the world? No, that it didn't work with their theory. Their theory is that the Bayer isn't interested in people. It's perfect. So that means it doesn't... So they said there is no world. So what does it do with Matan That's going to be the argument of the Chacham when we're going to get there. The Imze Hayroik if you may say philosophy, the Chachmasim v'Mitasim, v'Shtadlusim. If we're going to say that the idea of becoming to a state of perfect intelligence is to be more similar to the the divine, something which is beyond the physical, like we said before, they want to do. So then asks the king, then if that's the case, you should have a connection with the non-physical world. And if that's the case, it should be, it was Roy, that if the philosophers who spent so much time in thought and in trying to uh, develop the abstract way of thinking or the, what's considered the, uh, you know, a clean and un, unfettered mind with, from the body, it should be, they should all be prophets. If they're going to connect to something which is not physical, so they should be able to connect to a non, non-physical entities. We should hear these stories. The great philosophers, we don't hear that they had any connection with the spiritual world. If anything, they started in the absence of If anything, like 100%, like the says, they started with the absence of the knowledge of the spiritual world. And that's what he says. The only ones who claim to have any connection to the spiritual world are not philosophers. 
But if that's the case, and this is a point which is uh, basically, again, he can't tell, tell, tell the philosopher what the Chacham is going to say because he doesn't know about Yiddishkeit yet, but he's laying the foundation for it. And he's saying, basically, according to you, philosophers, that if you're going to admit that there's a spiritual world that a person can connect to, and you feel that the way you dealing, you want to approach that, Matthias, is that by being, by focusing more on purity of your thoughts or whatever it's going to be, the, le- the depth of your uh, understanding, and you're, dis- you're distancing yourself from the physical, if that's the way you want to connect or with, the, with something which is beyond the physical, something metaphysical, then you should have a connection with that world. And uh, if you don't, so obviously what you, the, the, way that you, the way that you are trying to perfect yourself isn't right. Now once again, the king is saying this because the king is coming from the story. And he says, if a sign, so the king is already starting with the basis of understanding is that you can't communicate with the spiritual world. So why, don't, why, why doesn't that happen to you? The, the philosophers from their point of view don't see this as a tiny at all. Like uh, said before, and is correct. They came from the absence of that world. There's an idea of human perfection which they're trying to reach, but they don't believe in trying to connect to a spiritual being in order to get there. On the contrary. The, the, like we said, the philosophy he explained himself his position before and that is Hashem is not involved in the running of the world well why do you need to connect to her if they know that there's something called perfect and you want to be perfect so let's be perfect why do you need to that's what, exactly what I just said no, I the philosophers didn't see that as a chisarn ah. the chisarn the, the didn't see that as a chisarn but on the other hand they can't accept it as a male by somebody else because if there is such a thing called nevoah then it should be the only way to get there would be their way. Except they deny it. Like the Ramah writes in the Torah, right, that because they lived after the Vua ended, so they deny its existence. We aren't aware of these spiritual things. We are aware of what we know about, and that's all. The, 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 the Chacham is going to argue with the philosopher, and he's going to say, we know there's Nebu, we have Matan Torah. But the king hasn't got to the Chacham yet, therefore he's just talking from his own experience. He said, a Malach came to me and told me I'm meant to be doing something different, so I'm aware that there's a spiritual entity which can communicate with people. And therefore, that's the basis of what he wants to argue with philosophy about. He says, by you, we don't find that you, you ever claim that you have an, a connection with any spiritual level, anything beyond the, uh, human beings, which is true. They did claim that. They didn't hold there was one. Right? The, and that's what the king describes what he says. In other words, for two reasons. Number one, because he is aware of the presence of the Malach who spoke to him. And therefore he says, I'm aware that there are spiritual things, which doesn't fit into the, the philosopher's worldview. Number two, the man told him to do things. The man said, Masecha and then Which means that the action I should be doing, and the point of activity isn't just to perfect my mind. Now once again, Yeralevi was clever. He constructed this into the story for the king. The MS is, these are the two points Klai Yisrael claim. Not because of the king and the dream. Because of Matan Torah. What does Matan Torah give us? It gives us evidence of two things. Number one, Hashem spoke to people. There's Nebuah. Number two, Hashem tells us things He wants us to do. Right? There's mitzvahs. What does Hashem tell us? He didn't say, hi guys, I'm here. No, it could be, you know, work and think and understanding. He told us to do things. And therefore, the two, philosoph- the two principles which the king, Kiro, is, is constructed into the story that the king had from his experience, and that's why he argues the philosopher, really is our argument. Not just because you had a dream. Because you have evidence. Because you know there's Matan Torah. So we know that, that there is Nebuah. The argument they started with is if we don't concede awareness of something we're not aware of, we don't know about the spiritual thing, we don't deal with it, 
We know that's wrong. We have a Messiah that is Nebuch. Number one. Number two, the idea that actions aren't important is just to gain to the results of a certain level of understanding, a certain level of, act, of, of perfection, so to speak, is also wrong. We know that Hashem told us what to do. And those are the two Yisraelis which are bad in, instead, of, instead of arguing philosophy, and whether they're right or they're wrong in the principles that they want to lay down, this is the, the Rebbe Levi's track to disagreeing with the philosophers. We have we have, we have that you're wrong from the start. Did, did he tell them that Amalek spoke to him? Yes, that's why he called him in. Uh, at the very beginning of the story. Again, if a philosopher, he won't convince the philosopher of anything with this argument. Because he'll say he didn't speak to Amalek, he had a bad dream. But it's a, from his point of view, once he thinks he did, so he's not going to accept the philosopher's argument. And like I'm saying, that doesn't really interest us so much. Revealed Life is putting in his in his in the king's mouth the words which we're going to say as Klayishal because we know it's true, it's not just a dream. Right, that's the one you said. Revealed Life is telling us a story, but he's telling us a story in his words. So he's telling us there was this disputation between the king and first philosopher and after various other religions. No, like I said at the very first part, I don't think he has a word-for-word account of what the special is. He wants to use it as the framework to explain what he wants to teach us. And therefore he built the story to teach us what he wants to teach us. No, the story happens. But we don't have the exact dialogue. He, 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 he constructs a dialogue for us of what the... You now we spend the first year why he would do that. Okay, so that's the, the one point. Now the only interesting thing which I want to talk about still, and we'll finish the philosophy and the next time, go on to the next part is why did, he, why did the king get sidetracked in discussing the rest of the world? And as he, the king doesn't come straight to this argument. The first thing he does, he says, well, you know, most of the world doesn't accept what you're saying because they all belong to this religion or that religion. They want to kill each other. They think they're doing a big mitzvah. And the philosopher says exactly what you expect him to say. Well, I don't accept all of that. It's against the principles of philosophy. Why was that meant to be something which would, uh, which, 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 which the Kazari is interested in? Well, why, why, or at least let's say in other words, Rabbi Levi wants to like, lead the argument in that direction. Why is that important? And this is, what, this is the point I said at the beginning when you spoke with the philosopher, and that's why he's bringing it in here, as, as, as far as I understand. That's why he's bringing it here as well. And that is, philosophy had a very strong pull on people. But even a thousand years, like I said, after the original philosophers had died, the time of the Rishonim, it was still considered by people to be like an absolute. It was still considered to be the, like the height of intelligence and understanding and abstract thought was philosophy. It, it had a very powerful attraction years later. What he really is putting into the argument here to understand is, understand most of the world isn't accepting it. Any other religion, does, by, by definition, doesn't accept philosophy. So even though the Rambam was arguing with the principles of philosophy, which the, uh, the Muslims and the Christians and everyone else was holding by, understand that that's automatically a steer. Because any religion is arguing with philosophy. Like he says, every religion has their, what they want you to do, what they want you to believe, that you have to fight against other religions, that all goes against philosophy. And like I said, the reason he's saying it is not because the philosopher is going to therefore back down. He's not. He holds his right. But the idea is understand, therefore, that what he's trying to tell us is that not everybody believes in this, this, this philosophical principle. On the contrary, every other religion in the world is better than denying it. Any religion which believes is an afterlife, and any religion which believes is a God who talks to them and tells them what to do, whatever the religion is going to be, will destroy the religions one by one next. But, but this is the basis of understanding any other religion is already going to disagree with philosophy. So it's not like we, Klai Yisrael, are arguing with the world. We, Klai Yisrael, are taking on the philosophy and everyone else accepts it. It's not true. Everybody doesn't accept it. Right? And that's why he brings us into the argument. Like I said, not to argue with the philosophy. The philosophy is also not. Okay, so they're wrong. 
But what the king was trying to show him was understand that you don't have a power position like so many people are following your creed. So many people are supporting your ideals. It's not true. The world doesn't support that. And you'll see by a lot of points that this is a review that Levy uses this track of, of trying to argue something. A lot of points which we're going to say that the Kali shall hold of. Points in Amunah, right? Not necessarily does that put us in opposition to the rest of the world. Even though we're going to be the ones to stand up and say that it's wrong. But if you think about it, most people hold it wrong. Or whether it's for religious or other reasons, the principles are true. And that's what he wants here also. If there was a certain, let's uh, say, intellectual uh, feeling that Israel are in a minority opinion because they're not accepting philosophy, he's trying to tell us that's not the case. That's not the case. On the contrary, the, the world as a whole didn't accept philosophy. Any religion, by definition, doesn't accept it. These religions for sure don't accept it. That's absolute of a desire. Well, they don't have any, well, there's any reactions to do it. I mean, you can get close to it without any reaction. No, the Eastern religions you have to go through which ones you're talking about exactly, but most inform the category of that, there's a, that they deal with a certain spiritual concept which comes down to the world. So did the Greeks, they had the Buddhist Like I said last time, the Greek of a desire was human expression. They made human things divine. The other, all the other religions in the world, including the Eastern religions, when they talk about a, religion, a god, it's a god of a non-human ability. The god of fire, the god of water, the god of life, the god of whatever you want to call it. Right? They're talking about non-human things, which is, they saw koichas, as being independent, as being God. Greek religion was to deify, you know, make, make into godly human things. The god of love, the god of war, the god of fertility. They're all, all, they're all human things. And this is part of the same shit. There's nothing spiritual. What you're calling it, what, what you're making into a god is something about human beings. Sorry? Big fat Buddha. You mean the, what the Hindus believe in? Yes. It's for sure of a desire. He said it's not. It's a pure form. Pure Zen. Pure Zen. But it's not. If you're bound down to an image, that's of a desire. It's meant to represent something spiritual, but the mice, they've made this into a representation of something spiritual. That's of a desire. But uh, Islam is different in that regard, like we're going to see. But we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about Islam, we're going to get there next. So, okay, so that's what we're going to talk about today. The two reasons for how the king refutes philosophy. The fear of Yerolevi's approach. Not the fear that we spoke about yesterday, that there's an answer to the logic also. There's a different way of understanding the, the first principles. The Yerolevi's answer is two points. Number one, Navur, and number two, actions. And how do we know that they're both right? Like we said, Matan But he can't say that yet. That's going to be what the Chacham tells us when the Chacham comes into the picture, but later on. And as an aside, like we said, he also adds in, don't think philosophy is such a world-accepted religion. It's not. On the contrary, the world as a whole doesn't accept it. And that leads us to the end of our conversation with the philosopher. He says, he says, goodbye to him. And then he goes on to the next uh, religion, which is uh, Christianity, which we'll talk about next week.